you're listening to the Down East Mike Podcast, the quirky little podcast from Maine. And now, your host, Down East Mike. Dee-dee-dee-dee-dee. Good morning, everybody. This is Down East Mike of the Down East Mike Podcast. I like the way the producer just springs us into the podcast. There's no warm-up or anything, just... All of a sudden, the music's playing, you, you're, you're live, the microphone's hot, and you've got to talk and come up with funny things to say. And It's not always easy being down east, Mike. Uh, today is May 27th, Saturday, May 27th, 2023. This is episode 90, Down East Mike, news and commentary for the world with a focus on Maine and all things Maine. Our motto is that some of this is whimsy. Some of it it is true, but the interpretation of it all is entirely up to you because we tend to fib a bit. We like the news, but we we like to embellish it. Just having some good, good natured, old fashioned, down east fun, and we do not have any mean words on the Down East Mike podcast. Just wholesome goodness from Down East Maine, a historical, literary, auditory candy store, and we ask. Did you hear the bells on the door as you came in? In today's episode, we have Bush dropping out May 27th, 1980. They go to Freeport to steal a boat in 1886, a long time ago, May 27th. Victor Hugo's daughter inherits big bucks in 1885, four million francs. That's a lot of francs. I think one franc's enough, but four million? Wow, that's a lot. And we have Maine's bi-weekly bird, a bird that we're looking at today. Let's go to the world international headlines to see if there's anything going on in the world that you missed when you went to bed about three hours ago. Janet Yellen talking about the forecast, a potential U.S. default date. That's not really news, is it? It's it's more of the same. Uh, One news item, insurance giant. State Farm is going to stop insuring homes in California because of uh, uh, the wildfires. It's too much. They're not making money on it. It's not a good bet. In their their view, you insure a house in California, it's going to burn up in a wildfire. DeSantis and Trump are fighting over who handled the COVID-19 pandemic worse. That election hasn't even started yet. Not we are already tired of it. Um, what else is going on? Uh, Steve Forbes says that Biden will not be the 2024 Democratic nominee. And um, gunfire shuts down a popular Chicago beach hours after opening for the season. Now, when I think about going to the beach, I don't think about going to the beach in Chicago. But it sounds like they had some fighting there. Uh, uh, there's a Powerball lottery winner facing a lawsuit over alleged, uh, alleged ticket theft. You probably already know that one. North American, a Native American sues a school for $50,000 over a feather in the graduation cap. A young lady had a Put a feather in her cap at graduation. They confiscated it. I guess she'd had the feather since she was a young girl, and they said it wasn't up to the dress protocol. So now she's suing them because she didn't know that she had to have it pre-approved. You always have to have your feather pre-approved before you stick it in your hat and go out in public. 
Thought C International headlines, there's nothing more exciting there. Uh, local Maine headlines, a Maine woman brings a raccoon to Petco for an unconventional pet spa. I guess she'd taken a little raccoon to Petco and she wanted to get its nails done. Turns out the rabbit, the raccoon had a rabies. She let strangers kiss it too. I mean, if I didn't have anything else to do, I'd be going to Petco looking for a raccoon to kiss. I can tell you that, but I have... Fortunately, I have a few other things to do today. What else is going on in Maine? Two Maine lobstermen accused of stealing traps. That's a sad story. I don't even want to read that. Shouldn't be stealing traps. Maine woman charged it with drug trafficking after meth and guns seized. They had a picture of her. She looked sort of like a clown. She had like big dark rings around her eyes. She probably brought too much attention on herself. She could have just gone on with her business. This is your chance to own a main lighthouse for free. I think that's off Hapswell. They're giving away a lighthouse. It's one of those, yeah, the lighthouse is free, but you've got to take care of it. It's going to cost you a bundle and keep it up to keep every year. Well, that, I think, is enough of the main headlines, too. Now we've exhausted all those options. Let's talk about, um, oh, we have birthdays, don't we? Happy birthday today to Rufus of Tidville. He's 65. Rufus worked in the copper mine on the island for a few years, and then he took early retirement, and he enjoys gardening and stamp collecting. We like Rufus. He's always out there in his overalls chopping wood. Uh, happy birthday to Meredith of Falmouth, Maine. Meredith turns 42. She's a volunteer with the Stranded Ducks of America Foundation. She's done some wonderful, wonderful work for the Stranded Ducks Foundation. Uh, I think they've got a fundraiser coming up in the fall. There's a big to-do on that one in Falmouth. Uh, this day, 1980, May 27th, Bush was dropping out of the race. Uh, George Herbert Walker, uh, the, the uh, daddy there, he, he dropped out a strap for delegate funds delegate votes and campaign funds. He bowed out of the Republican presidential race and put his support behind Ron Reagan. And that was on this day in 1980. The forecast for today in 1980 was partly sunny with highs 55 to 65. I think today we're going to be above that. Also on this day, 1980, President Carter uh, was aboard the USS Nimitz, and he marked Memorial Day aboard the USS Nimitz. They were coming home from a six-month tour, and he addressed the 5,000-man crew that he supports pay and benefits increases for all U.S. servicemen. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for exhibiting that strength so well. And I say on behalf of a grateful nation, well done, in this tremendous mission. He didn't say mission accomplished like the other Bush did. Uh, the president was on a loudspeaker hookup which carried his words to the crews of the guided missile cruisers USS Texas and USS California which accompanied the Nimitz on the way home. The remarks uh, were on the, made on the carrier 30 miles out to sea and they also carried to some 20,000 family members gathered in Norfolk, Virginia anxiously awaiting the arrival of the vessels. President Carter denounced Iran for continuing to hold 53 American hostages, saying they had been held in an inhumane way. He praised 
the Nimitz crew for its part in the ill-fated hostage rescue attempt, which eventually cost the lives of eight servicemen. The Nimitz was a departure point for the eight helicopters which attempted the raid into Iranian territory. I can still see the pictures in Time magazine where they did a mock-up. They had a graphic that showed the uh, the effort to recover those hostages and they in the graphic, it showed all the pictures of where it all went wrong with the explosions and stuff. And always a tricky business. Uh, there's an accompanying story that we thought was quite interesting. A Navy family relies on food stamps. Again, this is 1980. Na- Navy Petty Officer Paul Feinberg sat at his kitchen table in Rhode Island and explained why his family, like scores of others in the military today, is turning to food stamps to beef up the family budget. We can't really live on my salary. We've got one child and another on the way. I've got to pay the bills. Department of Defense and Navy spokesmen in Washington readily concede that a growing number of servicemen and women, probably numbering in the thousands, are relying on food stamps to supplement incomes battered by inflation. Feinberg's pregnant wife, Monique, Fanning herself in the muggy heat of their Navy-provided apartment nodded agreement to her husband's lament. It makes me feel like I'm on welfare or something, but we need the extra $50 food stamps will give us, said Mrs. Feinberg. The new baby will make the family eligible for the stamps, the couple has been told. If we're lucky, sometimes we can afford to go out to Burger King, Mrs. Feinberg laughed. Her husband, home for lunch in his still crisp uniform, added, There's only so much reimbursement you can accept in the form of pride. It isn't putting food on the table. The ramrod straight enlisted man has applied for officer's training school. Failing that, he will not re-enlist for a third hitch because of the low pay. That was in 1980. Uh, What else? Oh, we have a recipe here. Uh, ephemeral greens are highly prized. Spring is a green time of more ways than one that winter's ended and summer's coming. The early spring greens are harbingers of autumn fruits. The sturdy, thickening stalks of rhubarb. I don't like rhubarb. The unfurling fiddling heads, the barbed leaves of dandelions, and the spiky asparagus spears are especially welcomed harvest of spring. I remember running once along the Kanduskeg stream in, in uh, Bangor, my running buddy there, and there was some some foragers, and they'd gathered like two totes full of fiddlehead from the Kanduskeg, and it just looked like a, a chemical stew, basically. And my running buddy yelled out, out, out at them. He said, I wouldn't eat any fiddleheads that came out of this riverbank. I think they're going to sell them beside the road. Boy, we got off track. Okay, asparagus is as fleeting as the fiddleheads. You gather as many as you can before they blossom into their feathery headdress of summer. They go on and on about that, but we'll skip to that recipe. Italian dandelion casserole. It's one pound of ground beef, off to a good start, isn't it? Or a blend of beef and pork. One cup of fine, fresh breadcrumbs, two tablespoons of finely chopped parsley, one teaspoon of finely chopped garlic, and then a teaspoon of oregano, basil, 
and then salt and ground pepper to taste. They always say that. One egg slightly beaten, quarter cup of milk, olive oil. Six to eight cups fresh tender dandelion greens. Now how do you get those out of your yard from a place where the dog hasn't peed? Two cups drained canned tomatoes. One cup fresh or canned beef broth. Hot pepper flakes. Freshly grated Parmesan cheese. What if you wanted to use just Parmesan cheese from a, from a can from the refrigerator? So you, you combine the meat, breadcrumbs, parsley, and all the other stuff in a mixing bowl. That sounds obvious, doesn't it? Blend well. You shape the mixture into 40 to 45 small meatballs. That's what I'd have mother do. There's no way I'd sit there and shape 45 meatballs. About one inch in diameter. Heat a small amount of oil in a skillet. And cook the meatballs a few at a time until browned all over. Drain and set aside as each batch is cooked to a buttered casserole dish. I think they wanted to put in there. Add alternate layers of dandelions and browned meatballs and canned tomatoes. Pour the broth over all. Add salt and pepper to taste. Partly cover, bring to boil, and simmer about 20 to 30 minutes. Serve with hot pepper flakes and Parmesan cheese. Serves 6 to 8. So 6 to 8 cups of fresh tender dandelion greens. Probably good for you after you made it. Italian dandelion casserole. Well, there was a little bit of an opinion piece in this day, 1980. We thought it was interesting. There's an important American silver lining to last year's doubling of oil prices. Even with the most stringent pollution controls, coal can now be sold at less than half the price of oil and it can be done without more pollution. That means the demand for coal will soar on a worldwide basis so, eno so enormously that coal exports will leap from 50 million tons a year at present to 800 or 1,000 million tons by the year 2000. And no country has a greater capacity to produce coal that on demand than the U.S. according to a landmark worldwide study, which is coal, the bridge to the future. At today's prices, the U.S. would earn $12 billion annually. So interesting editorial going on and on about coal and what a wonderful thing it would be. Uh, just to meet U.S. demand, coal production needs to double from 1979 production of 770 million tons and some 271 new coal plants are in the works. As usual, the Northeast and Midwest are embroiled in petty warfare on the issue, and Washington bureaucracy is shaken spastically rather than producing. For example, the first few weeks, both in the last few weeks, both New Jersey and Connecticut have registered objections to Consolidated Edison's proposal for a one-year test of burning 1.5% sulfur oil in three boilers instead of a 0.3% sulfur oil as currently required. Con Ed believes that there's been so much improvement in the atmosphere that the higher sulfur oil would not affect air quality. If it's proven right, it would apply to switch these plants to burning coal, which would be the equivalent to 1.5% oil. In the meantime, this switch would save residents $100 million. So based on that, maybe we should go back to burning coal. 
1980, and they were talking about it. Let's roll it back even further, though. Let's go back to this day in 1886. We have some little news tidbits. Let's review those. This from the uh, the Lewiston Evening Journal. It's a 2 p.m. edition. That was evening back then. A cool, pleasant morning on Thursday. One of the headline news, the widow of Louis Riel died at St. Vitel, um, Manitoba, I think it was, on Monday. Louis Riel was the rebel up there in Canada. Uh, the decrease in the public debt is estimated at $12 million. Even back then, the revenues of the government so far this month are nearly $16 million in excess of expenditures. So they run a, a budget uh, surplus in this day in 1886. The president has issued an executive order which is ordering the executive and other departments closed on Memorial Day, May 31st. Um, we had another story here. Where was that one? Oh, a dispatch from Deputy Sheriff P.H. Mills Wednesday night announced that the schooner yacht Nellie, which was stolen from Mr. Bradford in Portland Harbor on May 15th, had been recovered at Green Landing, Deer Isle, and the crew arrested. From Gardner, the story of William Beard, who was one of the working men on the Kindling Wood Factory at South Gardner, he was at work at a stage 50 feet from the ground one day last week when the stage gave way and he fell to the next stage. That also gave way and so on until he went down 30 feet where he fetched up without breaking any bones or much injury. Certainly a newsworthy item and one that we need to recount. Uh, let's see, we had that highway robbery. Our West Paris correspondent writes, Noticing a sensational report in a Boston paper of a highway robbery at Berlin, New Hampshire, of one of our citizens, Captain Ross, I called on the captain as soon as he returned home and learned the following in regard to the affair. Captain Ross says he went to Gorham, New Hampshire, in Berlin, New Hampshire, on business, and he's taken several hundred dollars with him. That's a lot of money back then. While at Berlin last Thursday afternoon, he met several times a young man named William Evans, who he now thinks was following him for the purpose of robbery. At about half past eight o'clock Thursday evening, when out on one of the streets, Evans assaulted him and took from him $350, which was in the side pocket of his vest. In the struggle, Evans cut Captain Ross, a severe cut in his hand, besides striking him several times. Captain Ross says he's sure it was Evans that robbed him by seeing him so many times during the afternoon of Thursday. After the robbery, the captain says, Evans hid himself away in a boxcar and, and in that way went to Portland where he was arrested and taken back to Berlin. He waived examination and gave bonds for his preliminary trial on Thursday, May 26. Isn't that a great story? The fine weather's doing much for the farmers. On the 20th of May, the apple trees are in full bloom three weeks earlier than last year. The farmers are nearly through their spring work. C.H. Uh, Lane and S.B. Locke have just returned from their lakes with their full quota of fine trout. They report a fine time and a good catch. They were having fun back then, weren't they? 
The Winthrop horse thief, Robbins, was in Greenwood with the team soon after the theft where he had formally stopped, but he left immediately after with the journal where the report of the stealing was received. Those horse thieves were around then. Um, what else? St. Albans had a hailstorm Thursday last week. Some of the hailstorms hailstones were one inch in diameter. Joshua Towell of Easton fell in his barn last week. He had the misfortune to break two of his ribs. Two, uh, ten young men from Castine have shipped for the banks on board Mason's vessels at Ellsworth. That must have been a scary thing to get on a small rickety old sailboat going out to the banks to go fishing for a few weeks. Um, A.J. Merriman and family of Topsom have moved to Harpswell where they'll spend the summer. The farm on which they reside was owned by the late James Merriman. We should look that up, see if the house is still there. Carpenters and painters are busy at work finishing J.F. Lawson's new hotel in Harpswell. And the grass is looking finely and the farmers have all finished planting. They're getting their planting done early. From Temple, Maine, uh, the farmers of Temple did a good winter's work and gave the various mill men in town a busy job this spring. Besides hauling the usual amount of cordwood, they got a lumber, at lumber at the mill as follows. At Hodgkin's Mill, it, uh, 383 cords of birch. At Wilder's Mill, 233 cords of birch and poplar. And they're going to use the birch for spool and the poplar for corn boxes. Corn boxes, I remember them. C.F. Hodgkins has bought uh, birch, rock maple, and poplar, 200 cords. The hardwood is sold in Boston and used for brush, handles, etc. The poplar is used in barrel staves and sold in Portland. And the waste from the stave wood is used for excelsior. At Wright's Mill, they have 75 cords of birch that will be used for spools. And Thurston has at his sawmill more than 100,000 feet of spruce logs. A lot of, lot of wood being processed. All the mills have been running at their full capacity, and from 20 to 35 hands have been employed stripping up the lumber. The most of the largest lots are now nearly sawed. Temple has good water power, and the people here are interested to see it improved. An apple, apple barrel factory is needed, and as Franklin County is an orchard region, this would be a good location. The selectmen of Rumford will meet Saturday to see about letting the corn factory hill road uh, out to be built this summer. Three inches of snow is reported to have fallen in Roxbury, Roxbury and Byron on Tuesday night. And we have a story from uh, Freeport, a, how a Nova Scotia man provided for his increasing family. One day last week, a man and a woman in their dory started from the westward to work their way along the coast to their home in Nova Scotia. Arriving off free friendship on Saturday, they landed on an island where in a short time, the number of the family was increased from two members to three. Now, I would take that to mean she delivered a child. It being rather uncomfortable for further travel in a dory, the woman suggested that the man go to friendship 
and steal a sailboat, which was done. The owners of the boat made search for their stolen property. On Monday, Deputy Sheriff Porter of Vinyl Haven saw the boat making into Aries Harbor, where he captured the whole business. The officer, prisoner, and sailboat arrived at Rockland Tuesday afternoon. The woman is at Vinyl Haven, mother and child, doing as well as could be expected. So their plan went sideways. Uh, There's a story out of Halifax, Nova Scotia. A Halifax dispatch states that Adele, daughter of Victor Hugo, to whom he leaves four million francs, and who some years ago became insane, once lived for nearly three years in Halifax, where for night and day she seems to have dogged an English lieutenant in the army to whom she believed herself to have been married in secret at Brussels and who proved recreant to her. She was very eccentric and received monthly remittances of $100 from her father. Uh, Four million francs in 1885 was approximately $20 million today. Uh, Margaret Brooks, out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Margaret Brooks was convicted today of being a common scold and was sentenced to four months imprisonment. Her 18-year-old daughter struck one of the witnesses, an aged lady, in the face. The mother and daughter then became intensely excited, striking right and left. The judge sentenced the daughter to four months imprisonment. It took all the strength of two of the strongest officers of the court to remove her from the room. Now, does any of this sound different from what goes on today? Not much, does it? What else do we have for stories for you? Uh, Tuesday evening, a large squad of police, acting under instructions from Marshal Andrews, arrested the Salvation Army in Portland, Maine, as it proceeded from headquarters near the corner of Middle and Pearl Streets took them to the police station where they were locked up, the men in the cell rooms, and the women in the lodging room. The marshal's orders issued Tuesday were to the effect that the army could not be allowed to parade the streets beating drums or using other musical instruments, nor could any action be permitted by any other person, such as playing of the band in front of the people's theater, which tended to create a disturbance by calling together crowds. They didn't like the noise from the Salvation Army. Uh, well, we have any wrap-up on that. It, let's see. The members of the Army did not appear at, at all cast down at their confinement last night, but spent the evening singing their songs and praying fervently. It's hard to believe the Salvation Army getting arrested. A uh, big whale, which had been cut up and, tr- and dried out at Green Island, was 67 feet long and 10 feet high. In cutting the blubber, four men were employed. Over 1,174 gallons of oil have been secured. It took four men nine days to cut up the blubber and dry it out. The body is to be made into fertilizers. So 67 feet long, 10 feet high. I would imagine it's probably like a fin whale, maybe a fin whale. It's officially announced that the epidemic of trichinosis prevailing from September to December uh, in the district of Magdeburg, Germany, resulted in 403 cases of sickness, of which 66 proved fatal. It was caused by one pig 
Careful investigation proved that death was due to, in every case by eating the raw flesh raw. Bear this in mind and don't eat raw hog. That sounds like the name of a band, a heavy metal band, Raw Hog. Schooner Charles Cooper sailed the 26th uh, for Boston with a cargo of brick out of Penobscot. Captain Peterson and crew started for the Grand Banks. The meadows in Penobscot are once more free from water. Uh, M.P. Hinckley returned home the 24th from Boston. Eggs were 12 cents a dozen, butter 18 cents per pound. The knitting factories running full blast, so they had a knitting factory in Penobscot. This is 1885. The farmers are improving the good weather by planting their spring crops. Interesting spin there. The Congregational Society of Castine, instead of building a new house, has purchased for a parsonage the house so long the residence of the late uh, Deacon Samuel Aiden, I think his name was. The Portland steamer visits Castine twice a week from the west and on her return. The Bangor steamer two or three times a week. And the steamer to Belfast goes back and forth every day. That'd be a fun way to travel, wouldn't it? Go up and down the coast like that. Well, let's look at our bi-weekly bird here in Maine. The great egret and the snowy egret, both well-known birds along the Maine coast. They're both the uh, egrets are part of the heron family. The great egret is all white with a yellow bill and black legs. Its length of 35 to 41 inches, and it has a wingspan of 55 inches. It's been known as the American egret, the large egret, great white egret, and great white heron, among others. In, in Maine in the summer, you see it along the coast in York and in Cumberland counties, including Scarborough Marsh in Scarborough. Uh, you probably see it along Brunswick, uh, along, all, all up and down that part of the coast. Then there's also uh, the snowy egret, which is 20 to 27 inches long with a 38-inch wingspan. It's smaller than the great egret. It's got a black bill, black legs, and yellow feet. The snowy egret likes uh, salt marshes, shallow coastal bays, and streams. Unlike the great egret, this egret uh, forages for food in groups. Jeez, groups of them. The snowy uh, summers along the south coast of Maine, and it migrates to southern states in the winter. They still seem kind of foreign looking at them out there in the marsh in Maine. The, according to the Birds of Maine field guide, the name egret comes from the French word aigret, which means ornamental tufts of plumes. The plumes grow near the tail during the breeding season. And then they also have like a little egret. They saw one in Falmouth. Uh, the little egret is not just a small white heron of any kind like the like the snowy egret. It's a very particular species of egret that until the 1950s was known only as an inhabitant of Europe, Asia, and Australia. In 1954, a single individual little egret was discovered in Newfoundland and Barbados, of all places. Many years later, in 1980, one was found in Quebec, and two or three were seen in Nova Scotia in 1989. The first record in the U.S. was in 1989 near Plum Island, Massachusetts, 
but it took another 22 years for one to be identified in Maine. So the little egrets are differentiated from the snowy egrets by their two long head plumes. The snowy egrets just have a fuzzy hairdo with no long head plumes, and the little egret has two long head plumes. Well, that's our podcast for today. Uh, we should do the weather for you, actually, because it's pretty, quite a nice forecast. For today, uh, sunny with a high near 77, a northwest wind 5 to 10 miles per hour for tonight. Mostly clear with a low around 54, southwest wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Good night for camping, huh? And uh, for tomorrow, Sunday, sunny with a high near 85. Winds gusting up as high as 25 miles per hour blow the flies right off here. For Memorial Day, sunny with a high near 68. Looking out for the week ahead, sunny temps in the 80s. Just wonderful summer-like weather coming to Maine. Well, until next time, this is Down East Mike. I'm wishing you and your loved ones a day that is full of grace, love, and kindness. We'll see you. I lost it all a long time ago And now won't you look at me I'm a broken man Living poor in a city by the sea And at night the tent is all lit up But the glow is lost on me I'm all broke down I'm living hard in the city by the sea I lost it all in Nova Scotia All the water and the flowers and the girl My body's broken on the rocks in me After Nova